It's time to watch The Muppets with special guest Lola Falana. talk about the Muppets? I always am excited to talk about the Muppets because so, the Muppets are great little things. They are. <laughs> They're just great. Love a third episode. How can you not? <laughs> but how can you not look at like the Muppets and, and smile? Like if you see like a stuffy of the Muppets or a picture of the Muppets, uh-huh. you're just like, it's a warm feeling. It's like, aw, the Muppets. I bought myself a Sesame Street coloring book the other day because the exact reason. I have a Sesame Street coloring book. I'm like, mm, it's the Muppets. I need this. Yeah. P- coloring Big Bird and his feathers is amazing. Right? It's like, I don't know. It's very like soothing. Grounding. Relaxing. Meditative thing. Yeah. All right. Why don't we get things started? Why don't you get things started? Go! We watched the Lola Falana episode of The Muppet Show airing in the UK on January 18th. 1980. Her name was Lola. On November 22nd, 1979. Let me start this episode, Megan, by saying to you, Happy New Year. Can you believe we've made it into... I almost said 1923. This is a New Year episode? Yes. Yeah. Wow. Today, it's January 6th. (laughs) Oh, where were you on January 6th, Megan? God, I don't remember. I was like, is that someone's birthday? And then I realized it's the insurrection. (laughs) Yeah, it's the birthday of the insurrection. Yeah. Two long years ago, the world was changed. Can you believe that was two years ago? That's insane to me. And like, at the time of this recording, they're still not figured out what they're going to do, if they're going to do anything to these people who, you know. Two years. I I feel like no time has gone by, but apparently a lot of time has gone by. Lisa, my partner, looked at a picture of me from my birthday from, I think it was from like three or four years ago, Uh right? And she goes, wow, why do you look so different? And I'm like, you're such a bitch. (laughs) I have aged, Lisa. I have aged. By three whole years. Yeah. And like, these have been some dense ass years. No, these have been dense years. I'm like, stop looking at my forehead lines unless you're going to let me get Botox. aged about five years in these three, you know? She's like, you look so young in this picture. And Uh I'm like, "Mm mm-hmm. Those were the days. Yeah. Now I'm in my mid-30s. I'm in my mid-30s now. Thank you very much. All right, so let's get things started. You ready? Ready. Lola talks on her. Uh, Lola talks on the phone with her agent, trying to get out of doing the Muppet Show. Wait, hold on. Can we talk about who Lola is? Like, who yeah, the hell is she? Let's go back to the beginning. Because I've watched it. She's some kind of a showgirl. Lola Falana. Lola Falana. Sounds like a fake. It's a, is that a real name? Yeah, I think so. You ready? Lola Falana, born in 1942, is a prefor- is a former dancer, singer, and actress. Once dubbed the first lady of Las Vegas. Oh yeah, okay, Falana very showgirl. Appeared in her own nightclub show on the Strip. She was the highest paid entertainer in Vegas during the 1970s and 80s. So is the, is the song her name was Lola is about her? It might be, but this one is definitely about her. Whatever Lola wants, Lola gets. Oh my God, that's from Chicago. It was she was diagnosed. Oh God. Why do I always have to get these things? She was diagnosed <laughs> with multiple sclerosis in 1987 and retired in 1996. Aww. But it does seem as though Lola Falana is still with us. Good. Is whatever Lola wants, Lola gets, is that from a musical? I don't know. Let me see. 
me see. Mm-hmm. Look all this stuff up. Look this up. Look that up. Look I'm not, up and I won't up. do anything. She is 80. and she, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> she is, her name is Lolita. Oh, wow. Lolita? She was born on September 11th. What is with <laughs> this episode already? She was born on September 11th. Some weird sort of gematria happening, She's eh? She's from Camden. She's from New Jersey. Yeah, Camden, New Jersey. I'm trying to see. Campbell Soup. You may know Camden from Campbell Soup. Is that is Camden where the sign that big neon sign that says New Jersey makes the world takes? That's in Trenton. It's in Trenton. Okay. I can't find information on that song, Megan, and I'm really sorry. That's okay. All right, let's get back to the notes. Here we go. Kermit announces that Gonzo is leaving The Muppet Show because he landed a movie deal in Bombay. Even talking about Gonzo leaving made me uncomfortable the whole time watching this episode. The one saving grace, I'm glad that we're watching this through the eyes of like knowing that Gonzo is he's going to be around forever. Dave Goles is one of the longest running performers with The Muppets, performing his character for the longest. He is the Keenan Thompson. He is the Keenan Thompson. <laughs> oh my God! What a of funny the Muppets. <laughs> Dave Gulls, the Keenan Thompson of the Muppets organization. <laughs> yeah, I saw something not too long ago, like the other day on Twitter, and uh, Brian J. Jones with edited someone who said that Dave Gulls is the longest running Muppeteer, and then Dave Gulls, not Dave Gulls, sorry, Brian J. Jones corrected them by saying Muppet performer. <laughs> There's no such word as Muppeteer. Um, yeah, Dave Goals did it for the longest. He still does it. You know, it's pretty cool that, like, he knows that character, man. Well, he maybe it's character. a part of him, yeah. It is, right? like... So Kermit, what did I say already? Gonzo already taking, uh, Gonzo already talking like a Hollywood big shot promises Kermit that he will never forget the little people. They mean Bollywood big shot. Uh, yeah, he does get a, was it dope? Yeah, because he's going to Bombay, right? Dr. Bombay. Dr. Bombay, Dr. Bombay, please come right away. And then he comes. That's the doctor who, like, helps Samantha Stevens give birth to Tabitha, right? Yeah. Like, and he's, like, always the doctor. He's always the doctor. I can't picture what he looks like or anything other than he's he like definitely a mustache. wears... mustache. He wears that, like, the headband oh, with yeah. the mirror, right? Yeah, yeah. I could never understand what that is, and as a little kid, I thought it was a pizza cutter. <laughs> you know, because it looks like... I didn't know that was a mirror. I think it's a mirror. Who knows? I don't know what the purpose of it being a mirror serves because it's not like a doctor could see that because it's on their head not on the patient's head whatever okay so gonzo's farewell number he and the chickens perform the song pick a little talk a little do you know this song i don't think so this is like one of the few songs that i know that they've done on this show it's from the music men no i don't know it yeah it's um I like they're showing like these small town biddies and how like over lunch they like they pick a little at their meal and then oh they, yeah they chat chat they chat. gossip yeah, and yeah. Rumor, pick a little pick a little, like yeah. that they're like chickens I see so it's very fitting that the chickens be singing this song with Gonzo I liked the idea that like we're gonna send off Gonzo and like have him sing with his chickens yeah and all this other stuff like at least that's very sweet but um I hate the idea that Gonzo be leaving it's bullshit he can't leave Backstage, a jealous Miss Piggy asks Gonzo to keep her in mind 
when talking to producers. Last week when I read the premise to this episode, I feel like the premise was literally every beat of this episode. Why do they do that sometimes? And then I think I don't think they should have written the spoiler at the end. I don't think so either. Mm-mm. Sometimes the plot synopsis is like the Muppets get visited by Kenny Rogers or you know, like yeah. whatever. And then other times they're like on a daring episode of the whatever. Exactly. It's crazy how like spoilery they can get. So next, Lola, the Muppet Monsters, and Fletcher Bird dance and sing, He's the Greatest Dancer. Gonzo joins them until Fletcher kicks him off stage. What's the greatest dance? He's, He's the a greatest dancing machine. Is a sister sledge song from the album We Are Family. We are family. That this one? This cool. Yeah, this song is from 79, so it's like a contemporary hit at nice. the time. We don't see that too often. An instrumental version of this song is played in an episode of Sesame Street when Big Bird and Mr. Snuffleupagus visit a disco in their imaginations. That actually sounds like a great episode. I need to see. Put a pin in that. Yeah, fucking put a pin in that. Damn. They visit a disco in their imagination. Yeah. So that is like the... That's like the, the, the founding idea of a silent disco, I feel like, almost. It's like... Yeah, right? Like, it's not encumbering anyone else it's just like a Mm -hmm. disco in their heads enter the disco of your mind i'm still in studio 54 man hey man i'm floyd (laughs) backstage lola compliments gonzo on his dancing and flirts with him making camilla furious gonzo reveals to kermit that he regrets not doing his masterpiece act singing top hat while dancing in a vat of oatmeal What's Top Hat? There's, like, I never would have thought of Kerm, of Gonzo as, like, such a musical guy. Well, but yeah. there's so many musical numbers and references to musical numbers in this episode. It's nuts. Yeah. It's... Top Hat's an Irving Berlin song that they wow. used in the Rudolf Nureyev episode of The Muppet Show. Wow. So you like know, ages ago. do you remember the Rudolf Nureyev episode? That's the one with the big pig in the ballet. No, is it? I think God, so. The episode that will live in infamy. Yeah. yeah, it is. That was the ballerina, right? Yeah. Ballerino. Sorry. Ballet performer? Yeah, ballerino. Yeah. That's what you would call him? So, Megan, you teased last episode that a part of this episode made you cry. And was it anything to do with this? And now.
the commercial break when Kermit like turns to the camera and he's like let's go to a commercial I'm like what I've never seen them do anything like that this was such a sweet number so weird so Gonzo like, you know what I mean not weird way. but weird for the show like, and the thought of Gonzo leaving did make me tear up a little bit but then I but then I like I guess switched over to um, thinking about I think they end the movie Sid and Nancy with Sid Vicious singing My Way do they I can yeah there's like a very popular version of that right I think so ask me the last time I watched that movie I was 15 years old yeah oh that's when you're supposed to watch that movie I think right you have like safety pins in your jacket that you're wearing while you watch it and you're just like love sucks you write love sucks on your jacket you've never been in love ever (laughs) um this song like I know it's, like, such a cliche that, like, people say, like, oh, I'm going to play this at my funeral or whatever, like, that it's, they did everything their way and they're bada-bing. You know, like, I don't know. Bada-bing. My great You act like your family is Italian. I, I, I think sometimes my family will act like they think that they're Italian. Yeah. <laughs> but my great-grandmother. My great-grandmother requested that we play this at her funeral, like, as a bit. And then we did play it at her funeral. And, like, so this song just, like, reminds me of, like, a room full of people, like, sobbing, crying, you Aww. know, like, in, like, a sweet way. I thought when you said My Way, you were, you were talking about the Usher song, My Way. Which when I say go, I'm in control, she wanted my way. I can't picture that Usher song. Oh, God. You know I'm going to have to pull it up. I probably know this song. So, like, in third grade... My bus driver would have us listen to Hot 97 every morning. I probably know this. Was it Hot 97? Do you remember the one Isaac Hayes was the host of the morning show? I think that's Kiss. Was it Kiss? I think it's Kiss FM. Yeah, we would listen to that on the way to this on the way to school, and like I like have a soft spot for so much like 90s r&b yeah. from those bus rides like oh my god i remember in high school um or even in no in eighth grade no 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 not in high school in middle school uh-huh. my bus driver cosmo would listen to like 105.1 or whatever and they used to have the roll call in the morning and be like what's up y'all what you gotta say who's on the phone with Lisa andre and then people would go on and they would rap and they would do like uh-huh. There would be one person, and then another person would come on and do it, and they'd pick which one or whatever. But, like, that every morning, and I used to fucking love the roll call. I'd be like, oh, it's on. I'd be like, hope everybody stops talking on the bus to, like, just listen to this one part. Um, But it would be like everyone would quiet down and listen to it. I love morning radio, and I feel like – I don't know if it's a dead art or if I just don't seek it out or I'm not, like, awake enough to do them anymore. But I remember on KISS FM – they used to do the shaft of the week or whatever. <laughs> and like a woman would call in the and she shaft would like of the week? put her man on blast. Oh, yeah. And like it was a whole thing. And she'd be like, I asked him to take out the garbage and he won't do it. And now here's my, you know, I'm outside and it's freezing cold and then the garbage bag ripped or yeah. whatever. So I'm putting my husband on blast, yeah. whatever, you know. And then they would all call her husband like an asshole yeah. for like the next five minutes, you know, How in cathartic. that morning morning news kind of way, you know, like not I actually call him an asshole. But like I love it. They would defend and be like yeah fuck that guy you know <laughs> i think that's better than like in the like on the way home from 
like school when they would do the things where it's like the afternoon radio is much more sort of like malicious and vicious. Mm -hmm. It's like they would do like, oh, I think my like on Z100, like, oh, I think you're my boyfriend is cheating on me. We're Mm going to do this whole whatever to prank him where they'll have like whatever the one call him and like pretend to flirt with him or something like that. And then, yeah, I remember all that weird shit. And you're right. It is more malicious. And it's like this. Everybody wants to get home and there's like this stress of traffic and everything. And now they're playing on those emotions and having people like be nasty and vicious and stuff while the riders and drivers are like all pissed off. (laughs) But in the morning, it's like you wake up and you're kind of like, all right, we're going to put out, we're going to laugh about it. Yeah. It's like much more like. Yeah. We're going to talk about, but we are, we're going to talk about the serial. What do you think about this going on? And blah, Uh blah, blah. I don't know. What do you think about this going on is like such a – I cannot tell you how that's, many DJs have probably said that. That's the epitome of call-in radio. Uh-huh. And I mean, New Jersey 101.5 does that shit all mm-hmm. the time. I – okay. I used to be like really awkwarded by – I just made up a word, I think. I used to get like really awkward about like, you know, getting people off the phone. You know, like when they call into radio and mm-hmm. you're like, oh, my God, is this guy going to just like be hung up on or yeah. like whatever. But now I think it's hilarious. Hilarious. Uh, just like, like the, the people who just keep going. Uh-huh. Cut them off. Cut them Enough. off. The guys who call sports radio is the funniest because it's like you're calling in for a reason. Just give your fucking opinion about the sports uh-huh. team and just shut up. And they're like, I think Derek Jeter. Love you guys. Love you guys. This first is my first time, time. time. Yeah. First time, long time. Love you guys. Love you guys. Oh, oh, want to say this on that? And like they Bye think they're a part of the show. And uh-huh. it's like, just say your fucking opinion. But you know what? It's so funny because like they think they're a part of the show and like that they relate to these people and they know these people that are get, that are like hosting. Well, they hear but them every day. Nowadays, right? it's like. I will listen to podcasts and I'll be like, oh, like, you know, you feel like this familial friendship or whatever to these people because oh, yeah. you know too much of their life because you've been listening to them talk. Oh, yeah. Like, I feel like Tom and Julie years. are my friends. Yes, and Brett. exactly. And to the <laughs> point where we say, like, we're talking about the Double Threat podcast, but we'll say, like, oh, did you hear what Tom said this week or whatever? You know? Yeah. And it's not like, oh, did you hear... Tom Sharpling mentioned blah, blah, blah. We say like, oh, did you hear what Tom said? But I feel like... Did you hear Julie laugh at whatever, you know, like... I feel like especially because I've been following Julie Klauser for so many years Mm -hmm. and I've read and seen every fucking piece of material she's ever put out. I love her to death. Um, And then like because Tom Sharpling is from so close to where Uh we live Uh that I'm just like... No, I know. I Yeah, I get this, like, where he's coming from, uh-huh. this mentality, why he is the way he is. Uh-huh. I love it. Yeah, all of it. All of it, yeah. <laughs> okay, so after that commercial break, our UK spot is Camilla and the Chicken singing, I'm Gonna Wash the Man Right Out of My Hair. Yeah, do you know this song? I know this song. Camilla pecks Gonzo's picture. She rips it off the wall. So no, they, and then they used to have, um, I don't know, a Clairol or commercial where it's like, I'm gonna wash the gray right out of my hair. Uh-huh. And they like, but I think that's, a, is it a Diana Ross song? Who sings No, this? Megan, of course you know this shit because it's a Rodgers and Hammerstein oh, song from a weird musical yeah. from the 40s. It's from South Pacific from 1949. Yeah, but they've used this and people <laughs> have covered it. Yeah. Um, and there is a Diana Ross sketch, I feel like, where she is in like, her face is in this like big hair. Uh-huh. I have to show you this. So you have to like just try to Google Diana Ross. In big hair. In big hair. Anna Ross. Big hair. So meanwhile, Gonzo overhears that Scooter has found a replacement for him. Trevor the Gross. 
the best friend of Scooter's uncle. Oh my god, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. What is that? What is it, that? She sings, yeah, I'm right. Okay, good. My memory does serve me well. Is this some, like, laughing or something, Megan? <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah, but then she just walks out of the hair. I'm pretty sure. Is she wearing, like, a bald cap or no, something? No, she's like sitting. She like, this is a no, structure. Oh, no, no, no. No, she still has, like, her hair. Fucking Diana Ross is a fucking legend. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yep. So that's how I know that song from the Diana Ross video, not from the actual uh-huh. musical. Oh, Megan. We're back with Muppet Sports. Muppet Sports reports live from the Marathon Tree Staring Contest. This is fucking bizarre. So fucking weird. Do you see this Muppet? Where Klaus Muller of West Paraguay. Paraguay defeats the tree after more than 87 hours of staring. Klaus wins $10,000 in it's prize money. East South America is where Paraguay is, if I'm not mistaken. But the tree, if your memory serves you well. If my memory serves me well. But the tree then falls on him. His eyes are so bugged out. And, like, that paired with, like, his, I, he's supposed to have, like, human complexion, right? But then he has this, like, tuft of, like, insanely colored neon green hair. So he looks almost human, but then he doesn't look human. And his eyes look crazy. He looks like one of the Rugrats parents. Yes, he, he like, does. He looks like Stu's Stu Pickles brother, or whatever. Yeah. But not like the third brother. The third brother, a made up third. First brother. of all, Drew, I Stu, bet Lou, you. And like I don't know what. Who do. did they ever show the mom? No, they never show the mom. No. I bet you, if the mom didn't die, mm-hmm. or maybe before she met the grandpa, she mm-hmm. had another weirdo like son. Lou, Stu, Drew. I want to say Brew, but that's not someone's name. That can't be a name. Mm-hmm. Brew clue maybe his name is like geppetto like it is a third thing you know like geppetto. he's not loose dude is that top of he's... mind because you just watched that movie i did not just watch pinocchio no no isn't there a one that came out that called geppetto or oh, it's called pinocchio there? what are you talking about disney plus didn't they release a new pinocchio oh, was it called geppetto yeah they did release a new pinocchio i watched the trailer it had the tom hanks movie you're talking about right it came oh, yeah, out a couple tom months hanks. ago tom hanks. and um i like watched the trailer for that and then i went hmm and I watched the original for like 20 minutes. And I was like, that's enough. I really don't want to watch the this. The Land of Pedophiles. Um, the original Pinocchio, I, I really don't like it. It's like weird. It scared me a lot as a kid. Like Just the in, concept of yes. somebody wanting a son so bad. That's weird. And then having like a wooden doll. Mm-hmm. And then like there's something really just tragically sad about mm-hmm. it. Especially... I don't, yeah, I don't know. It is a very. You know what movie I did watch? Movie. So you you love that movie, Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind, I right? Do. Like a Charlie. Do you like all Charlie Kaufman or do you just like. I only have seen that. I don't know much other Charlie Kaufman. So I started watching Schenectady, New York mm-hmm. last week and I actually had to stop because mm-hmm. I fucking had to turn the TV off and sob. Mm-hmm. That's it, a Philip Seymour Hoffman yeah. also, right? Oh, he's so. He is such a good fucking actor. Yeah. And Catherine Keener, who I fucking. Is in that movie too, but 
I have to tell you, I had to like turn it off and mm-hmm. like I had to sob and I was like, all right, I probably, I probably can't finish I this movie. I have never seen Schenectady. I remember seeing the trailer. What other movies are Charlie Kaufman? He didn't do like adaptation, right? Yes, he did. He did? Mm-hmm. Okay. He did adaptation. Yeah. I didn't see that one though. I should watch it. I, I heard that. It's really good. It's weird because I loved Eternal Sunshine so much, but instead of gravitating towards Charlie Kaufman, I instead gravitated toward Michelle Gondry, who directed the movie. Okay. And I went on to watch like um, The Science of Sleep. Have you oh ever yeah, seen of that? course. Yeah. That's another. Like, I loved incredibly that. Weird. I loved you know? that movie and that French actor who's in that movie. I like too. He's terrific. But yeah, The Science of Sleep. I saw that in the theater. Yeah, and then I went. I I saw um, Be Kind Rewind. That was his next movie. After I didn't that. see that. I saw that in theater, and it's like it's good. It's a weird like. It's such a like. It's like an indie darling in the era of Juno and like, you know, those kind Fucking of like Juno. trying to break out into the mainstream. It stars Jack Black. I think Danny Glover was in it. It's a very weird movie. It's oh, about wow. a failing video store in, you know, 2007. When, the, when it, they were dying. Yeah. Whenever it was, you know. Be kind, rewind what your DVD. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the, the idea, I think, is that the video store, is they still only have videos, and they can't get new movies because of whatever is So going it's on. like you're in the Outer Banks on vacation. So they, <laughs> so they, make, they make their own versions of movies, and they become popular because it's like, from memory, it's as if you and I would try to take all the things in this room and try to make our own version of eternal sunshine or whatever that they yeah. they replicate these movies so people start renting these movies That's that are cool. real they're called they 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 claim that they're the swedish versions oh nice or whatever so then people start requesting movies to be sweeted is what yeah. they call it so they'll bring oh in, i like, have to watch this this sounds they good give them like citizen kane and they're like could you swede this movie so then jack black and like the other people who work in this video store then will make their own weird version of um, I actually like this premise. It was very funny. I haven't watched it since I saw it in theaters. And it's like, it's not as And I like, can't believe how much I'm remembering of it. I'm curious to know if I've done it justice just now, you know? Well, it sounds great, so. It was a lot of fun. It was, it's not what I was looking for. I don't know why I never thought to go to the writer until you're just talking about it now, that I connected well, so much with that movie, but I think The reason was, I watched Schenectady, New York is because I think he wrote and directed it, and I- I mm-hmm. wanted to see. Sometimes that becomes a mess too, you know, like. Well, it's supposedly good and it was really, it was just too heavy for me last mm-hmm. week. If you're not in the right mindset. I mean, I, yeah. We've been talking like we're in the holidays. So it's like that adds this level of like, you're already stressed out from one thing or the other and then be like, oh, watch this movie that's going to like break you down emotionally maybe, you know, <laughs> like. And sometimes I need that when I'm feeling stuck, but I, mm-hmm. no, I turned on Pokemon after that because Pokemon I'm like. Assassin's Creed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Lola finds Gonzo hiding in her closet. Gonzo reveals a telegram he just got from the Bombay movie studio, which shows that his deal fell through. It's so funny they keep calling it Bombay. She tries to console him by singing Smile. When did the British give up their reign over India? What year? I'll look it up. I, I don't should, know. I feel like I should know this. I know in the most recent season of The Crown, they show I'm when... Gonna, Google, um, when did Bombay change to... Um, in the Mumbai. most recent season of The Crown, they show 95. the transition of power Yeah, between... Bombay um, was officially renamed Hong by Kong. legislation... Legis- 
legislation. Wow, I can't speak today. I know. In 1995. Wow. That's funny. The Brits. In 95. That's like not that long ago. It's interesting too because we're talking about Bombay, but like Rush Hour, which I was I've seen a couple weeks ago or whatever, uh, which I watched. Yeah. Um you know, he's from Hong Jackie Chan and his character is from Hong Kong. Yeah. And like it's just when China and I guess uh, the UK were talking about like cha- the changeover of power and like their future yeah. plans or whatever. Now it's a much different state. If you think about it now, um, the mo- like ch- Hong Kong is not the same place that it was in mm-hmm. the 90s yeah. at all. Like at all, at all. Like it's totally ruled now by China the same way. It's not like this little democratic like hub uh-huh. inside of China yeah. anymore. It's like much, it much changed. In the most recent season of The Crown, they show that transition of power in uh, one of the episodes I was watching. My wife was watching it, and I, like, caught her watch, you know. It's wild. And I was like, that's crazy that that only happened then or whatever. You know, like, because you're watching this show start to get more and more familiar of, like, oh, I remember. Oh, yeah. The, the, I can remember the pop culture moments and some of the stuff surrounding parts of this show. Yeah, and know? I think after the changeover, like, China, I mean, I don't know. I'm not an expert on this, but China was, like, supposedly said that they would keep it mm-hmm. like a democracy within yeah, China. Yeah, I think and even like they and say that like, in there. Just like, kidding. Don't worry. We got this. <laughs> yeah, we got it. We know what to do. Yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah. you so much. We're, we're good. We're good. We'll take, we'll we take care it. of this. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, oh, all of the instructions are in that book over there. You can make sure that, you know, oh, we got, yeah. No, we know. No. We know. We know. Okay. Bye-bye. <laughs> Trevor the Gross's act, a direct copy of one of Gonzo's mentioned earlier, is stopped by Gonzo, reclaiming his role as the show's artiste. Gonzo does his own version of the oatmeal act with typical results. Yeah, he's not ready to go. It's like he has these big dreams of going to Bombay, India, and he really does like want to be mm-hmm. a star, but like he doesn't want to leave his friends. And I think that this is what made me so sad about this episode. And then like how easily like like this is again, I hate fucking Scooter. Uh-huh. He like ushered in this new like replacement. It's like he's not yeah. even out the fucking door yet and you're already replacing him, Scooter. But... And like that's not your role here. You are a Oh, but anything's hand. his role because his uncle uh-huh. owns, you know, the theater. Mm-hmm. I yeah, I don't Can know. Can you imagine where... if his dad owned the theater it'd be even oh worse? Oh my god. He'd be on every episode, in every sketch. He would be like a Donald Trump Jr., I think. I, he already like treads on being a Donald Trump Jr. I can't stand Scooter. I don't know. I I really I volley back and forth between I can't stand him to like I love his character because I can't stand him. Oh know? yeah, 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 yeah. Like he's great. It's so stupid. <laughs> so Kermit is disgusted with what just happened, but Lola reminds him to be happy that Gonzo is back. Lola and the Muppets then sing United We Stand. Okay, this was very like a, like, this was very like 2001. And we proudly stand up next to you. Is that this song, though? I I don't think so. Okay. This is from 1970. It's from the source's Brotherhood of Man. The song was written by Anthony Toby Hiller and Peter D. Simons. 
I'm not familiar with it, and there's very limited information on what it is. It just, it's one of those notes where I open it, and it says, Lola Falana and the Muppets in United, we stand for the closing number of episode 411. We didn't talk like, about anything Lola Falana did in this episode, just by the way. Well, I mean, she... She did, like, a little disco-y act, or she There's shook, hardly any notes of what she, she did. She shook her little groove thing. She had, like, um... She definitely had, like, a showgirl act in the very beginning. And Fletcher Bird does the bit with her. Yeah. And what episode was Fletcher Bird from? Was that the Elton John He looks episode? like a character from Zoobly Zoo. He was from the Liberace yeah. episode, He doesn't right? even look like a Muppet. He looks no. like a Zoobly Zoo character. He doesn't have the right eyes or anything. His proportions are all totally off. I, what she... Her dance number was great. I just don't feel like she... She's really underutilized in this episode. Not, I don't think that it's not that we didn't talk about her. It's just not the focus of the episode, which is so weird. Gonzo is the focus of this episode, it's a Gonzo which I, episode. I I like. But yeah. it's a but it's so funny. Just as how, how Gonzo is, it's like multifaceted, multidimensional, and there's a layer of sadness to this episode. Mm-hmm. Just like Gonzo, I think that's why I love Gonzo. Yeah, because the there's layer a layer of sadness. sadness. The sadness it's is relatable. Real. And it's ver- relatable. Yeah, you're right. Like there's a vulnerability and like the weirdness that he is. So it's like you know he is. Not just like a fake picture of life. Uh, he is like what represents a more authentic image of life. They give uh, Kermit so much of the credit of like that it's uh, it's not easy being green and how beautiful that is. And it's like Kermit can be like that. Gonzo is always like that. Gonzo but the difference is-, is is that. Kermit is a perfect. Kermit mm-hmm. is like, he is not born with a silver spoon in his mouth, but he was born at the right time. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. you know, he was born at the right time. And All that's the great Jim things. Too, yes. He was born at the right time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then Gonzo was more like he fought his way to where, uh-huh. you know. Fought his way to the middle, and he's going to fight to keep his position, position in the middle. Yeah. You know? Next to, like, where uh, a Kermit is. Yeah. You know? So. Yeah. That's sort of... I feel really relatable to... Related to that right now in my career, uh-huh. because it's like... I am surrounded by, like, really smarty pants, pants people, mm-hmm. and, like, all these people who were born at the right time, did all the IVs, yeah. went all to the best schooling, uh-huh. at the top of their field, and then there's fucking me. Mm-hmm. Scrappy, scrappy, and then they're scrappy, and like I get comments on and things like that, but I do things like really successfully and yeah. in a completely different way, in a completely different angle. It's not as smooth or as polished, uh-huh. but that's like the beauty of me. It's like I can create something from absolute scratch, and it's not going to be yeah. a fucking marble masterpiece, but uh-huh. it's going to be something that we can like. It can evolve for. It'll have the gra- like the um the roots to grow into something. Yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah. and it's like. I guess, like, for me, I struggle with my inner voice with that. Mm-hmm. And I and I relate to Gonzo because, or maybe I'm projecting on Gonzo, but I, but I really feel like he is this person where it's like, you know, he maybe wasn't, like I said, if going with this, like, born at the right time, but he's certainly in the right place now. Yeah. Yeah. And it's because <clears throat> of his work that he put, I mean, we are projecting a little too much onto <laughs> Gonzo. But I think that that's the beauty of all of these characters is they are what you make of them. Yeah. You know? Oh, that's any art, though, isn't and it? That, yeah. That's art in general. It that's is what you make of it. All of it, right? Uh, here for Gonzo. <sighs> here for Gonzo. So at closing, the Muppets start clashing in contradiction with the lyrics of the song, <laughs> United We Stand. I know, but I, I like that all the Muppets were like, are, is this like the ending with like a ton of Muppets are in this ending? Yeah, there's a bunch of characters that come on sk- end stage by then because they all were singing backstage. Just before, too. 
This episode's storyline is directly inspired by an event where two key members of the show's production staff left. Isn't that wild? Yeah. That's crazy to me. Yeah. It's like they used, and like maybe that's why the layer of sadness was there too. And this is also seen as a reference to the Muppet movie. Gonzo gets a Bollywood contract, yeah, instead of a Hollywood contract. Bollywood is bigger. Oh yeah. La 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 la. All right, Megan. Katamari. This was uh, all around. It was a pretty good, pretty emotional episode. We're hitting this, I get like, so emotional. We have another guest next week of an actress who I'm like completely unfamiliar with. Next week we're watching episode 412, the Phyllis George episode. Phyllis hosts the first annual Muppets Awards, recognizing the greatest Muppet show performers. The award, the prestigious Fred, is actually a bowling trophy. Kermit, who hates award shows, sits out the show. But Miss Piggy is absolutely determined to win. I like Scooter's tuxedo. I, anytime I any of the moments were tuxedos, I love it. Well, we see the Swedish chef is there. She's uh, thrilled when she realizes that she appears in both the sketches nominated for Best Sketch. We pigs got a in Pigs space in Space. And Veterinarian's Hospital. Look at this weird Muppet. That looks... Which one? The white guy. This He looks like a, uh, a reconstructive um, Wayne. He looks like Bizarro World, Wayne. Megan, I'm going to stop reading this premise because there's another spoiler for this no, episode. No, I don't want to be spoiled. Don't I don't spoil want to spoil you. Don't spoil me. And then let's see who the next guest after that is. Is Dizzy that. Gillespie. So I actually know who Dizzy Dizzy's Gillespie is. Dizzy's a familiar name. And maybe uh, Ben and Lisa will want to watch this one with me. Who is Dizzy? He is like a, a he's a performer. He's um like a, like, I don't know if he, he does like the trumpet or he does like... Megan. He's a musician. After that episode is an episode you've been looking forward to. Oh my god, is it Liza? Liza with a Z. Megan. Oh my god. And then we could talk back about Arthur and we could talk about all the Liza Minnelli things. So we have some good episodes. And we'll have to watch Liza Minnelli Turns on a Lamp. We we have to watch Liza Minnelli Turns on a Lamp. Liza, we're going to be late for cats. (laughs) All right, so watch the episode with us next week. We're watching Phyllis George, episode 412. Uh, follow us on social media at ITTWTM. Message us. And until next week. Thanks for the gumball, Lola. 